Consummate Athlete seeks health, community, and adventure through movement. And here on the podcast, longtime endurance coach and kinesiologist Peter Glassford and author and cycling coach Molly Herford are helping you lead your best active, adventurous life. Every week, we talk with professional athletes, health and fitness experts, and of course, real-life consummate athletes. We're excited to have you along for the ride. Everybody, how's it going? Welcome to another Friday episode of the Consummate Athlete Podcast. Uh, we've been doing more of these sort of shorter Friday episodes to kind of dive into subjects that we're we're really interested in or passionate about, and uh, it's been it's been pretty fun so far. Yeah, we often have been using these as sort of piling together some uh, frequently asked questions or questions we're getting, uh, whether that's in the social or through clients that I'm coaching. So these Friday episodes may actually just be a single question or the, again, they might be amalgamation, an amalgamation of, an amalgamation. Yes, of, of these, these concepts and questions. Uh, so this one that we're getting in, in a few different forms, I think is sort of this like, what, what is a coach for or, or in the current climate, you know, if there's no races, what is a coach for different types of coaches, you know, wanting to switch coaches or try coaching, uh, why does your friend have a coach? There's lots of <laughs> lots of different things like that, right? And, and I think for people working with me or working with a coach, it's it's things like how do you optimize or how do you work within that that relationship, that coach athlete relationship, to make it better, right? And yeah, exactly. So we've put up a couple articles in the past week over on consummateathlete.com, sort of coming at it from a couple different angles about sort of how to get the most out of your coaching, sort of whether you're like just looking at finding a coach like who to look for or how to look for one um, but then also like if you're already working with a coach how to actually make that relationship you know basically just how to get the most you can out of it because a lot of the time I've been a hundred percent guilty of this like we leave a lot on the table with like what our coaches are are willing to do or able to do for us we we kind of just sort of step back and like get in like get out of the driver's seat of our own life and kind of just let I don't know let coaching sort of keep happening, uh, but not really like putting a lot into it. Yeah, it's weird for sure. It, that sounded really rambly, but I feel like the people who have that same issue as me will be like, yeah, absolutely. Um, like I've I've been fired by coaches before because I've I've done pretty much all of the offensive things. I've you know kind of ghosted a coach by just like not posting what I was doing or you know, ignoring workouts. I've moved workouts and training peaks, which I know just like I can see Peter just shriveling up looking at me and like moved them a lot, not just like once in a while. I mean, like just completely annihilated the schedule. Yeah. And I always say I'm, I'm anal about it. It's not that people can't move their workouts, but I always say I like to sort of have that. And you'll see different coaches with different opinions yeah. on that. Do you that, remember but... the year I was doing that when we were in California? Yeah, but that one made se no sense. That was like you were doing all off-road, like an off-road triathlon, and the person had you doing like all road-based training for running and cycling. Okay, fair enough, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Probably so pool workouts instead of any sort of open water. Okay, despite pool, the fact pool that workouts just make me cringe. <laughs> but you know what? The open water was dangerous there. I got attacked by stingrays right. the one time I tried. So anyhow, without getting diverted, <laughs> I think a good place to start is getting started. It's one of my... My, my phrases that I like. Uh, and arguably, this is why I've had problems with coaches in the past is because I've skipped this step and just kind of gone with like whatever coach happened to come up on like Googling coaches. Right. Well, and maybe even a step before that, like why would you even look for one or when would someone, right? Because I, I think it's fine. You don't need a coach. Lots of people don't. 
you know, are happy and they're ticking along fine. Um, but you've, you've done a couple articles over the years on sort of like different types of coaches and stuff, right? So maybe that's like, could you give us like a quick rundown of some different, maybe not apparent reasons or, or, or types of coaches? Yeah. Yeah. First of all, I mean, there's sort of, I'd say four different types of coaches. Uh, first is like the most basic where you're just getting a training plan from someone. Um, and that could be the, you know, completely pre-made training plan that you're just downloading. And that's in and of itself kind of a form of coaching. Um, but no one is holding you accountable for it. Um, and or you could even get like a custom training plan that a coach actually makes for you. But again, there's no accountability in that. They're just programming for you. They're not like touching it. Um, and then there's the the slightly more ha- hands-on kind of coach that, you know, will prescribe sort of that like monthly-esque training where, you know, they're in touch, but it's not a super high touch, super high communication kind of relationship. Um, then you get kind of more your weekly, daily coaching where you have, you know, again, this can, is probably going to be virtual, but there's probably some kind of like phone component too. Um, you're just kind of more in touch with your coach, whether it's on a weekly or daily basis. Um, and then the coaching that I think gets missed a lot, but probably a lot of people would benefit from more than they would benefit from some of these other coaching is uh, is just skills coaching, where it's actual in-person um, you know, work on specific skills, whether you're talking mountain biking or trail running or road riding or any number of endurance sports. Right. Right. And so you sort of described, I would almost bucket those as you sort of have like tr- your training prescription, or maybe you say like you're, you're, as you say, like you have a coach that's working on your training plan with some sort of frequency, um, ranging from, like you say, sort of like maybe not really even knowing you in some sort of like computer generated or, or pre-made event plan. Uh, but maybe it's made by a coach who knows a lot about Leadville or something and you're doing Leadville. So you get jump on that training program and just hope that where you are is, is going to get you towards where you want to go. Right. And I, I think that works great for a lot of people, but all the way up the range you described is sort of training prescription or the fitness component. Maybe we could even call that. And then you said sort of technique or skills coaching. So that would be running would have that strength training would have that. So you might go see someone not to say what should I do today necessarily, but where are my deficits in technique? Um, And I think you could almost bucket a few more, right? Like we could do some sports psych. You could have someone that you're checking in with on some sort of frequency doing, working on the mental game of a lot of these sports. Yeah, for sure. And I think that's underutilized. I always criticize the sports psych world because I feel like they're not uh, open for business is what I say, which is, is a criticism, I guess. But I'd love for more people to be available for that, right? And I think it is a tough one. I think it's also a tough sell in their defense. Um, to get people to actually like treat that as something that you might pay for. Um, but it's even harder to get someone to pay to go to therapy, which I think lots of us, if not all of us, could handle too, right? So there's, there's certainly that side of it. Are we missing another type of coach? Um, I think that pretty much hits all of the ones that we're, we're sort of talking about today. I mean, you can add in like nutrition. Sure. That would be a great dietitian, right? Like that's part of this whole thing, right? So what I'm trying to get at is like, you can get coaching for lots of things. There's also life coaching, business coaching, all these things, which we might eye roll a little bit, but I think for a lot of us, you're trying to think I have these goals in life, maybe in sport, but in life it's, it's all encompassing. And then I'm trying to get someone to help me with some of the things I struggle with. So, so a good way to start into coaching in this getting started portion of our podcast here is where are the deficits? What are the things you don't do well? We all have them, right? Where do we struggle? Where do we get dropped in a race? Why do we get dropped in a race? Where do we like stop following the weight loss plan or the training program? 
and then you can sort of drill in on the best type of person that you can can hire to help you yeah and i think another way to look at it is uh where where do you lack accountability or like where do you feel like you need accountability in your life right just i mean a very similar way to say what you just said um but for some people that might strike a strike a chord more um, you know, for for me, that would be like with keeping a consistent training schedule instead of just kind of going sort of and doing like I'll always work out, but with very little like actual progression if I don't have sort of someone I'm reporting to most days. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I think, you know, a lot of people start I started in a local club and there wasn't even necessarily any formal coaching of any type, but I learned a lot by showing up every week for the group rides and there was like sort of ride leaders, quote unquote, it was again, very unofficial cause it was a ways back. Um, but lots of clubs now are doing great, uh, programming really to help people become beginners and intermediates. And maybe there's like a race program of sorts that they're like, you know, getting people to races and through that, you know, you can get a lot of, again, quote unquote coaching, um, to, to again step towards your goals right and i think at my level at, at you know I, I would say a quote-unquote subpar elite stop quoting and unquoting this is where a lot of times i'll look at okay where's the deficit and then get someone to look at power files or look at some element of what i'm doing right it might be in the gym right we could look at coaching in the gym because we're cyclists and we don't know what we're doing so could you go into the gym and get coaching because you know that you hate it and the only way that you're going to go is if someone's like expecting you to be in your pain for it right so that's that's that. So that's getting started. The types of coaching. I think the next step that we want that are covered in a couple of these articles that you've done up are the idea of, of interviewing, right? I think, like you say, a lot of times it's like the first ad that Instagram shows you when you're in the right mood is like, oh, this coach is marketing really well. They're going to be my coach. Or it's you know the person that your friend works with, right? Which could be totally great. Both of those could be well chosen for yeah. sure. But it could also be a complete disaster, right? Um, you know, I've I've worked with a lot of actually really amazing coaches over the years. And, you know, until this past year, like I hadn't found one that worked for me. I, And it's not anything against any of them. Like they're all fantastic coaches in their own right. But like our styles didn't mesh. You also um, hadn't admitted that you were a runner. OK, yeah. <laughs> well, we're going to be picky about right, it. Right, right. And sometimes uh, that's on the coach to help you find that. Yeah. yeah, like, I mean, you could see pretty quickly that the one thing I hated doing was bike workouts. Um, so the prescription should not have really been to keep giving me bike workouts. It probably would have been to be like, well, it seems like you're always doing the runs that are on here but you're not doing these rides. It could be. Yeah. And, and that's it. We'll, we'll talk a bit about like hates and why and stuff here coming up. But um, I think that interview process is, is important, right? And, and f- figuring out, you know, knowing sort of the things you're concerned about. Do you want to talk every day? Do you want to use an Excel spreadsheet? Do you want to use another third party app like Training Peaks? Like what are sort of the things that you're concerned about are, are negotiable, are not negotiable? You know, have they worked? I think the one of the best questions is like, have you worked with someone like me? I'm a 58 year old woman who wants to do the dirty Kanza and I'm super busy. I do amazing things at work. You know, I'm a business executive. Like, have you worked with me? Well, no, I only work with 18 year old boys, right? Like slightly different. It's really weird when you say specific ages, that's like a Chris Rock joke that I don't think you can tell anymore, but I only work with like, you know, younger men and I've had great success. So I, I'm very popular on Instagram because like I have all these national championships. It should be clear that Peter does not generally work with young men. He's more on this like, executive older masters side of things. Right, right. Um, 
But you're just the, sorry, yes, the way so, you sorry. were just this, saying this that. This is an example that got off kind of like slightly offensive, I guess, depending on how you read that. But um, so what we're saying here is the, the coach that you might be theoretically working with might have a great like reputation, might be very smart, but they're working with a clientele that doesn't relate, right? If someone hasn't worked with someone who's going through menopause or someone who's, you know, dealing with, oh, I have to work 60 hour weeks, right? Like, yeah, no, I'm used to working with kids that are like, can do whatever they want right? Like they have all day and all they think about is bikes and, you know, they have lots of testosterone and everything else. Yeah. And I think like, you know, that's important. And then my other thing that I was thinking about that's kind of important is just a bit of a je ne sais quoi. Like there's just this certain personality thing that's going to click or not. You know, you, you might want someone who's more like the basic example is you want someone who's like a hard ass or you want someone who's more of a cheerleader, um, kind of those obvious types. But I think there's also just like, you enjoy talking to the person. Like you're not going to dread having to phone them to say something about how, you know, how everything's going. You're not like, Oh God, I have to talk to my coach. This is going to be the worst. Um, yeah I, I think that's really important i think so and i think that you get that feeling if you can compare a few right even if you're like i really like this you know my best friend really likes working with this person like most of my clients do come through not through any grand ma marketing because we are not great at it uh we're, we're working to get hey. better but um most of the good connections do come through like oh you know this friend or this group of friends have a good confidence in this coach they've had good results you know if it clicks you're doing a similar thing like that's how a lot of the world works and i think that's an okay way to go into it but i think you do want to even just test a couple different coaches and see what do you get for your money what do you get from that person right like are they experienced do they have different opinion on something that jives more yeah and i found if you're not someone who really likes the idea of doing like more of these you know, on the phone interviews, talking to coaches, one way to narrow your list down is at this point, most coaches have been on at least a small podcast in the past like year or so. Um, so it's it's probably a good idea to just kind of Google like a, around yeah. and try to listen to them on a podcast. That's a good idea. You'll, yeah. you'll get a good sense of their, their coaching philosophy. Don't be afraid to stalk them on on, don't actually stalk them um, on like Instagram or, you know, see what their website looks like. I, you know, read what they've written. Um, and I think the podcast to me, though, is a really good way to hear, you know, their actual voice and uh, just kind of a little bit about like how they talk and how they speak and kind of what they stand for. Um, so I think that's a really easy way. And I think pretty much every coach I know who I really respect has been like on at least one podcast in the last year yeah, or two. I, I might even disagree a bit. Like, I think that's a great idea to search and see if that's available. But I mean, there's a lot of really good coaches that are just coaching all the time. So I think your pushback would be that like some of the okay, like... Dean Golich could come on our podcast. Th that's and, that's and fair. Chad. That's fair. Um, but I think some of those people, um, like it's sort of like credentials, right? Like I think credentials are worth a lot and degrees are worth a lot. But I think you have to be careful because like you can eliminate people who don't like are just really, really good coaches and have dedicated their lives to like that one particular thing, maybe. For sure. And yeah. and have gotten where they've gotten because of that. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it's not the only way. I, I really like that idea in this day and age. Like you're right. Most people ranging from a new coach up to someone like Dean Golich or, or these people, you can find at least one interview of some type. Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, to see what they stand for, right? Because again, someone might be completely against cross training or love cross training. Like I'm someone who really likes a bunch of different stuff, but other people are, are not as much on the cross training side of thing. Uh, and then I think my last note on this before we sort of move on to the more, okay, you're working with a coach. Now what is just 
the total practicalities of it like i think it's not a bad idea to ask about like if a coach has insurance and you know how they how they handled that kind of like business side of things sure i wish more people would ask about insurance uh accreditation of some type and uh like business like do they have an actual business and like how long have they been operating yeah um, yeah, so that's that's my one word uh, word on that. Um, and, and I think the only way, like, I remember a friend who's uh, a geologist said it to me. I was like, when I was looking at, because I have my registered kinesiologist thing, which is a little above and beyond. Like, it definitely every year at re- renewal time to maintain that and keep all the the filing and stuff for that straight. It's it's fairly expensive. And he was he made the point that just you know most professionals are part of a professional organization. So if I am part of a professional organization like that is respectable and is something that those type of people would be looking for. And so I think it's, it's just like you want someone who's going to take it seriously and it's not, you might, you know, not that there isn't part-time coaches that do a great job. Um, there's lots of them, but I think it's people that really like, it's serious for them. It's not just like, Oh, I'm a young racer trying to like make a hundred bucks a month so that I can go and do it. And like respect to those people I've been there, but um, I think you have to really like there, at some point there's a sacrifice, right? Like, is it their training or yours? Yeah, for right? sure. And just as in, in any business, right? Yeah. All right. So you're working with a coach. Um, I think that the common thread we have in both of the articles that we put out this week is this big idea about communication. Um, I think a lot of people like the idea of hiring a coach um, and just kind of like this concept of almost like set it and forget it. Like, okay, I've hired the coach. I've had my like... I come back to the makeover montage frequently because I think it's an accurate thing. We all love the like, I'll show him, I'm going to do this or I'll show her or whatever, whatever you want to put it. Like, I'm going to make a big change today. And you go out and you hire a coach and that's it. Uh, you sort of get that like endorphin rush of like taking charge of your life. And then just as quickly, you kind of let go of the control and either, you know, maybe you're doing the workouts and that's great, but you're just not really communicating back to the coach or you're just like kind of barely doing the workouts i think it makes sense right but it's almost like the buying a treadmill or something um you know you're like okay well what is the thing that's going to to bring happiness or bring success or whatever and i'm going to throw a bunch of money at it so that could be a treadmill or the latest gear or a coach or the registration for the iron man that costs a thousand dollars but at some point like it's it's not the thing right like at some point we do you need to like it or, or at least be endeavoring to start to, to like the thing you're doing. Um, and, and with the coach athlete relationship, like it's another relationship, right? Like it's sort of cringy to say coach athlete relationship, but it's another person who knows a lot about you ideally, right? Like this person should really be a, a pretty, uh, it's an ob- objective person, right? Yeah. Yeah. Not subjective. So objective, like someone who knows a lot about you, but isn't your spouse, but isn't your kids, like has no, real vested interest in anything else you're doing. So it's very objective as far as they're the most interested in your training and making you get to that goal. Yeah, I stand by one of the most interesting things that a coach kind of can serve as is this witness to your athletic journey because honestly, for most of us, like a coach is gonna be the the one person in your life that actually understands exactly what you're putting in and what you're getting out of it. Um, you know, for, for most of us, um, our friends and families don't really understand what it is that, what it means to say like cross the finish line at an Ironman in your goal time. Right. Like they, they'll be really proud of you. Like they're gonna be so excited for you, but 
honestly, most of the time, only the coach knows exactly what you've sacrificed, exactly how hard you've worked. Um, so I think, you know, a lot of us need that, that witness in our life, especially if you don't have, you know, the most supportive family, you might have the greatest family in the world, but they might just not be super supportive of your, your sporting endeavors. Right. Totally and okay. you could make a pretty compelling argument. I think that there's a, a pretty, like there's, there's a line there where like, if the family only is like based around that one, like your goal, like I don't even think that's the best setup, right? No. I always talk about my parents are both like biggest fans of mine, but like my mom's been to probably five races ever. And I don't, she asked me maybe how it went, but I, I honestly think it was like the best setup because it Your was dad, just, we should mostly just ban from races <laughs> altogether. Well, he's really passionate, but it's same deal. Like he, it, if it went good, if I'm feeling fine with it, then he's, you know, if I'm bummed, then he's bummed. But like, it, it's, you know, <laughs> it's not occupying his entire week. Right. And when I was younger, like he obviously had to come to more races. Um, Let's be real. Leadville has occupied the last like six years of your, well, no, like 10 years. And so I think that's life. why it's good. So there was an incident at Leadville with a feed zone and <laughs> it's like haunted my dad ever since. But, and that's a shared memory. There was lots of really good things about that trip. It really didn't matter that much, but, I mean, it's things like that, right? Where like you don't want to anchor too much of the family to this like fairly arbitrary thing for all of us, right? It's it's a great thing. It can be self building self confidence. Sport is great, but you want. I, I think there's like I don't know how to even express this super well, but you you don't want your entire identity tied up in sport, right? You know, maybe maybe at the Olympic level there's a bit of that, but I think we always have to like watch that. Like we're, we're awesome humans, right? And most of the people I work with are, are very busy and have great families and work and everything else. So I think you don't want to like tie too much to that. And I think if your family's just like, cool, like we understand that this is a goal you have personally, but like we still need you to like, you know, come for the family hike or, or take me to basketball or whatever you have right, to do. Right. right. So I think that's, that's important. I think it's, that's a role of the coach, as you say, to tie this back is is to be as you i think that's the best way to phrase it is is a witness to the goods and the bads right they're the person there who's sad with you and when things don't go well and yeah and then you work on the plan from there right yeah so anyway what most coaches wish you would do more of and the way to get the most from your coaching is to actually communicate with your coach which can look a lot of different ways right yeah so i mean this is at like it's most basic it's turning the training peaks square green or red even um actually uploading what you do uh, and you know for me like that i work with uh, coach david roche who we've had on the podcast a couple times and his co like his um method of recording is very different than you know how peter has clients record for me it works better it's super super simple so i can do it in like 10 seconds um and all i really have to do is say yes i ran 10 miles today um I could just do that, but that, you know, and you could just upload your Garmin file. Um, but unfortunately that doesn't really give your coach a ton of information, uh, where the communication really becomes more important is in the comments and pretty much every coach, like every app that a coach would use to record stuff will have a space for comments or an Excel spreadsheet, right? Like yeah. most coaches have started, I mean, less so these days, but that's where I started was like an ex a handwriting stuff onto paper, honestly, onto like a calendar. Um, but then Excel spreadsheets are very good for this. And Google sheets has brought it to a whole new level. Um, but in any case, the, the thing that you're looking for is like what happened today in your life because you need to know, right? And the, an the analogy I always use is like, you know, we could go out and do the exact same workout 
or you like one person could go out molly could do her intervals today it was four by four minutes on a hill last week was not hot this week's really hot but she did the same intervals and the same pace so if her coach was very data driven say and was looking at the pace or the the vam or the run power or heart rate or whatever you believe in it could look identical but this week the heat was a huge factor with humidity and everything else and you're super depleted and it's second week of the thing so you could have a completely different story there right you could be thinking you need to drop out of the sport today after doing the exact same pace at a higher you know at the same output but in really hot weather right so there could be a lot of stuff you could also as a person you could have got fired from your job you know there could have been lots of random stuff right you could have decided you're going to go on some sort of crazy you know low carb diet and then try the interval so there's like all these things that the actual result could be almost identical but the strain on the athlete can be very different right right yeah and so sometimes that's like we only think about the output measured in power or or pace or, or heart rate i guess but we don't think about the strain as much on the athlete and that's really something that's best expressed in actual words um, whether that's a phone co- communication, text communication, training peaks, whatever, but you're, you're going to have to write a bit. I try and push athletes to use, uh, like a Siri dictation on their phone and there's going to be some weird spelling mistakes, but generally the message gets through, um, things like training peaks and any of the Excel sheets that I build for people, there's still a couple of people. And, and I think increasingly so who like that spreadsheet. So if you are that person and I, I, love a good I am building the odd spreadsheet based training plan. And even in those, I build in uh, like a perceived exertion, like how hard was this session out of 10? Um, and then we put the minutes in there as our data points. And then we can calculate a bit of like load out of that. But that RPE is another way for the people that aren't super wordy to just say like, this felt like a 10 out of 10. And it's like, well, I thought this was an endurance run today. What's right? It sparks a conversation. Yeah. So I think just adding adding context around your workout is just such a huge thing that we can do. And, you know, that's, that's because a coach will occasionally change tomorrow's workout based on today's. It's not just so you have this like long standing record. It's actually so that your, your coach can tweak your training to be like more optimized for you. Yeah. And I think especially when you have these, like you, you describe sort of the way I describe the stuff, but like I, I describe the, the coaching levels, so to speak as, as monthly, weekly daily so i have daily clients that i talk to daily um and for them and the weekly clients like i try and encourage them even just to email if something's like really abruptly changed right like oh you felt really poor today um or you're tired or something changed in life Uh, but i think you're right like uh, having a reactive plan is really that next level where there are some changes made and and expected right like you, you can't possibly the respond to a plan let's laid out especially as it gets further and further into the future right we just can't predict how you will respond right again there's all these variables um the 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 phrase is always the plan is written in pencil right like we should be adapting this as we go yeah for sure Um, and then i think the other key with the communication is you want to tell your coach about other stuff going on in your life and i mean you it like let's be clear a coach is not your therapist um you know, they're, they're not supposed to kind of bear the brunt of all of the things going on in life. But I mean, if you're like at the, you know, one of the bigger examples, like I think I was like, if you're just suddenly going through like a really bad divorce or something, it's probably a good idea to let your coach know about that because, you know, they can check in and they can see like, do you need more rest days? Do you need, a, do you actually want more riding to kind of like 
give you something to do on weekends like what do you need how can we tweak this to to better fit what's going on in the rest of your life yeah and i would group like things like vasectomies there's always this i always joke that like men usually like are like hey yeah so i i can't ride for two weeks uh not a big deal uh so yeah i'll uh, i'll just talk to you in two weeks and you're like (laughs) uh what The same applies for saddle sores for, well, for men and women. Yeah. Yeah. And so there's saddle sores. There's periods. Like I think your book uh, was bo- was great for opening up some of that dialogue okay. around. Saddle sore. Ride comfortable. Ride happy. Yeah. And actually, the Ontario Cycling Association on their YouTube channel, I'll post it on consummateathlete.com, will have an hour-long discussion from me Just talking night. about some of these sal- uh, salient points. Yeah. So it's been good. A lot of, uh, I mean, obviously female clients for the, the latter two ideas here, but the idea of sort of saddle sores uh, and even just any skin condition there's just some of these awkward things to mention right like you're not like most coaches are quite well versed and not like put off by these things the periods and things like you know as people are getting into menopause those are harder discussions to have right it's it's very personal uh, but you make the point in your book that like if you're having debilit like bad cramps a it might be something that your coach can help you find someone like i now have dealt with that situation a few times and it just you know maybe it's a referral to someone who can help with that Um, or it's like you know we're not racing today like there's no need we have to do this interval session today right it's not probably going to go super well so just you know ride easy if that's okay and then we'll maybe tomorrow we can do that interval session right again this is the plans in pencil there's no magic that the four by four intervals have to get done today versus tomorrow right yeah yeah absolutely Uh, Speaking of intervals, um, loving, hating workouts. Uh, It's a really good idea to let your coach know if you absolutely hate a certain workout or if you really love a certain workout. And as Peter said in our article here, that's not to say that when you say I hate a workout, it's never going to show up again. No, I think a few of my clients will be laughing about that because often it means that there's like a piece of it at least that's going to get recycled into some more workouts. But I think showing a bit of that, like just, again, that's like almost mental strain. Like some workouts are really monotonous, right? So it's like, whoa, this like pushed me to my limit mentally. Um, you know, and it was also very hard physically or, or like five hours endurance. Like I was so bored the whole time. And like, that was really hard to get through it's very normal. Like everyone has the workouts they don't like doing. And so as a coach, what I look for is the ones you like are the ones that like the mental strains really low. So we can sprinkle those through and it's almost like you're excited to go out and train. And so I think you almost need to balance the, the like hates. Like I sort of just like you have, you have this carrot, you maybe sandwich like a bad, you know, the, the less liking workout, the one you need to do maybe, right. A lot of times that's like the sprint workout or something, right. Is like Tuesday when you're not tired and it's maybe a little shorter and then maybe there's something fun. So with the, you know, a mountain biker, I might be like, you know, maybe it's like 10 sprints, but then you just go mountain bike afterwards and you can have fun afterwards or something. Right. And I think this comes back to a conversation we had a few weeks ago on a Friday episode about common limiters and sort of, we had a bit of a debate whether or not you should be focusing on your limiters or focusing on your strengths. And I think what you tend to like is your strengths, what you tend to hate is your limiters. So right. both are both are important. And I think tying that in, right? Like sometimes it's like, well, why did the person hate it? And this is again, the communication, because sometimes there's ways to like make it less, <laughs> less like some people might have the idea that uh, they can't ride with friends. Well, no, five hours should be great. It should be like a five hour conversation. Hopefully you can find someone who's like about your pace and a really good friend and you just go on an adventure, right? Like, and, and sometimes people think like, oh, it has to be like exactly zone two, 
you know, 0.7 IF is the one, you know, I always say 0.7 IF, but it's like plus or minus, or you don't need to pedal. Like it, it's, it doesn't need to be anal. Like a lot of these workouts, sometimes there's, there's way more room to go. And, and we've been saying should, and there's all these rules, but there's maybe like one thing you need to pay attention to. So sometimes the good thing about saying like, that was really stupid, or I hated that is that maybe there's a way to make it you know, discuss the why of the workout, I guess, is the other note I have. There's also the other chance that there is just like a misinterpretation happening somewhere 100%. in there. Uh, and the workout sucks because you're actually not doing it the way the coach intended it to be done and you've made it a lot worse for yourself. Right. Um, so right. that could just be like a pretty basic like... Which gets to communication, right? Yeah. Like it's on the coach to communicate it well. And I, I like increase, I think for 10 years, my goal has been to like make the workout description simpler and like shorter. Right. But then now it's nebulous as well. Right. There's like not as many exact descriptions, but sometimes that's good because now you can just go out and as Steven Seiler says, solve the workout. Right. So I've tried to use that approach a bit more. So that way, if you're there and your mountain bike's busted and it says mountain bike, right. And I've given you that specific discipline, then you're going to be like, Oh, I can't work out today. But if it just says, go do uh, in the vein of Steven Seiler, go do four by eight minutes. Right. I didn't say the bike. I didn't say a hill. Right. So now maybe you're more motivated to go out and do it and make it fun. If you're a mountain biker, maybe you have a fun descent you're descending on. If you're a triathlete, maybe you're like working on cadence between or something or, or your position. Right. So maybe you make it even a better workout, you know, or solve it better than I could even predict. And then maybe when you tell me about that, then I'll be like, that was, that was a great four by eight. So next week we'll do four by 10. And I want you to hold that arrow position the whole time. And I think that also like comes back to the, the communication style and even just letting your coach know how you prefer to communicate, right? Like some people actually really need that very attention to detail. Like they don't want to have to think about what exactly they're going to do. They want it really spelled out for them. Right. Um, and, you know, some people really just prefer the super simple. So if you prefer one or the other, like, let your coach know that. Uh, don't don't just kind of, like, let yourself get annoyed by, like, oh, God, this workout. Like, I don't even know what to do for this. It's just too, like, he didn't give me enough details. Like, right. Most coaches will happily give you the details and vice versa. Like, <laughs> oh, this is way too specific. And, and I think, yeah, I think you're completely fine. I have clients on sort of both sides of that. I mean, I have my own preferences, which is... You know, I'm only going to be able to plus minus so much, but some who love like all the downloads for Zwift and everything else and are very exact with it. And I still keep trying to push them because that's a like, hate, you know, limit or whatever. Like they don't deal with variability likely as well. And then on the flip side, there's people who just want like two lines. Like if it's longer than a tweet, they're not doing it. Right. And, and literally like I've had clients uh, tell me that like it, it needs to be so simple, like bike one hour like that's about the limit right like yeah if, if there's intensity added to it like it almost gets too complex right so you just basically need to say like bike one hour run you know it, it's and this is sort of when you start right like you could make a good argument that a lot of people when they start like maybe it shouldn't be much more complicated than that for sure um so i think that the only other thought with that is, is asking why right like i think the, the athletes that really invest themselves in it like they often will push me on like why am I doing this? Like, why would I go and ride really hard for, you know, four hours or ride, you know, something, you know, just that seems crazy. Like, why is it worth my time to do this? Right? Fair enough. And yeah. then, and then maybe there is a discussion, right? And maybe there's a good, maybe there's, maybe it needs to change, right? They might have a great point. Hmm. 
uh, speaking of change, the other thought we had was just the idea that it is okay to change your goalposts. I mean, this has been a huge thing this summer, obviously, because Super big. pretty much everyone was forced to change their their goalposts. You know, you've, like I'd say this week has been a little hard because DK officially got canceled. So now, I mean, I'd say pretty much it looks like nothing's happening through September. Um, as far as bigger races go anyway, there's a couple of tiny ones that are cropping up here and there, but nothing, nothing that pretty much most of your clients I'd say had their sights set on. Mm -hmm. Um, so it, you know, this year has been kind of a good year almost for learning the it's okay to change your, your goals. But I think, you know, most people at some point in life are going to be signed up for an Ironman and suddenly realize that they're, you know pregnant or getting a dog or moving or got promoted to a really tough job or hate swimming as it turns out yeah i mean ideally like those those are sort of those do happen for sure the like less fun things but i think it's it's you know pivot i mean some of those were fun puppy was fun i think you've done a pretty good job of that though over your career like you've sort of sampled in different stuff right and, and as much as we joke about it like you did race the iron man you did race xterra you did do crit racing and and so forth right so i think it's okay to just shift and be like and maybe you stay with that coach or, or again sort of as we said in the opening like i've sent lots of clients who are like yeah you know i want to try this iron man thing and i'm like well you can't swim and like I, so maybe you should go talk to this iron you know man coach um you know who has like a program especially you know with some master swim stuff right and vice versa i've had Ironman clients come to me who then wanted to do like strictly bike and were very limited on the bike. Um, right. And so it just might mean switching coaches, you know, people have gone, Oh, I need to focus on strength training and I'm going to go into that full gas now. Right. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and then sort of the last note on communication, it's also okay to, to break up with your coach when things aren't going like when, you know, it's just not working for you, whether it's with your life or, you know, with your training, like no coach really wants to hang on to a client who isn't happy. Yeah. And again, I think this, the, the approach, and I was very lucky, like Steve Neal early uh, was sort of my mentor and sort of always encouraged me to like, look for people who are invested in the long term. Um, you know, because it's more enriching as a coach to work with those people versus just, you know, a month training plan or something. Right. Um, so I think, you, you sort of work with the client you want, but I think if you're doing a good job and and you've sort of found a good match to start off with, and I think if both the athlete and the coach are looking for people who they sort of jive with and the goals make sense and they can legitimately help, um, it, it should carry on. But I think at some point, everyone's got to move on and go somewhere, right? Like to, to a different sport, to a different phase of life, as you say, with pregnancy or, um, you know, really hunt, going hard on work, right? Like there's lots of people who are super into it till you know, they're done university or something. And then, you know, they, they're going to go hard on work for the next 10 years. Um, right. Or, or have kids or maybe they've retired and they're like just done with it all. And they're just going to go do fun stuff forever or, or vice versa. Right. Maybe they come back. Like I've had clients who hustled for five, 10 years and then came back out and we're like, Hey, you know, I've made it in, in work works way more manageable. Family's older, whatever, you know, sold my business like this stuff, like life has phases. Right. And we're in a very odd phase right now, but you know, such is life. Yeah. Um, then the other, I think we can hit these other two points pretty quickly here. Um, but one thing that we, we really wanted to mention with coaching and working with a coach is that, you know, unless you're, unless we're talking, it's two months out from the Olympics and you're in like 
the most serious training phase that you've ever been in in your entire life. Um, coaching and your your training and stuff should not get in the way of you still having fun and seeing your friends and you know if you're a cyclist like going on group rides if you want to go on group rides or going on group runs if you want to go on group runs or any of that yeah i think as coaches there's always like this element of you know the perfect workout or or having control or whatever and i think that's true of all coaches i know uh, david is also like you know, someone who he's probably fine with group runs, but like, it's just always like, eh, that's getting a little extreme in intensity the or duration. Miles. Yeah. Just like at some point, right. We, you, we all have our like sort of philosophy and it's like at some point, some of the stuff does step outside of it. But that said, there's usually a compromise, if not just a complete, like it's fine. Um, so I, we mentioned earlier, like the long ride, like some of my best memories in cycling are just doing long endurance rides just chatting away with a friend for you know five hours it's great right and someone gets a flat and you crash and you get home um those rides don't sound very good but either. i mean just the other day like i met quentin de Sera and we did a a real for me a very hard interval day um for him i think it was just a regular day but he's you know a young guy who's going pretty hard with it and training and stuff and and to get that intensity right we just figured it out and so we did sort of like an australian pursuit style like where i was skipping a section or or, or three at times um but doing a lap of a cross-country course and basically simulating a race and we both got a great workout like i was dead I was so tired, but it's true. Again, that was like a key workout. Like that was my main workout this week, and we did it together. But we both had our own objectives, and we it was scaled to our abilities. So the same deal. Like you could go run with a friend to a hill. You could do hill intervals. Maybe you're you, you chase each other a bit, or the 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 person who's a little fitter. Maybe they start thirty seconds, and they have a carrot. Or maybe you just completely do a separate workout on the hill. Right? Someone's doing four minutes. Someone's doing three minutes. Uh, and then you run back home and you cool down, right? The one workout I do all the time is I'll ride, do intervals, and then I'll meet friends and ride with them for a few hours, right? And it's a great way to get the focus in, but then get the motivation to go long because usually you would just want to go home. At least I do. Uh, after I do that, right? I, I, it's hard for me to ride longer. So I think have fun, have friends. And I think this gets back to communication too. You can talk to your coach like, hey, there's a group meeting on Saturday. And sometimes the coach is like, yeah, shoot, just do that instead of the intervals. That sounds like it would be really hard. Let's see what it looks like. And maybe it looks great, right? And then maybe we do it for a few weeks. And like you say, there are periods where we have to hustle, right? And sometimes it's like the two, three weeks out from the race. Maybe there isn't much group riding or, or whatever. But again, cool down, warm ups. Yeah. And I think this is also just so important because I think it's very easy to quickly start resenting a coach and feeling like my coach never lets me have any fun. Like, oh, I can't go out on this group run because I have intervals or I can't, you know, go out with my friends because I have an early workout tomorrow. Um, and, you know, the the point of, of having a coach and the point of pursuing sport and all of that isn't especially, you know, for, for those of us who aren't doing this to make a ton of money, um, the goal is to be enjoying ourselves and to be like happy and healthy. It's not to, you know, drive ourselves into the ground. It's not to get resentful of the person that you're paying to, to put workouts on the schedule. So, yeah, yeah, I think so. And I think that ties into our, our thing of thinking long-term, right? Yeah, so last point. Because if we're on like the Olympic diet and the Olympic training program, right? Like you just can't do that long-term. 
some people will do it for longer than others. Some people will break sooner than others, but, but you can't do the like crash diet, the crash training program forever. Yeah. I mean, we were just talking to someone who is a bike mechanic for the Olympic team and he was talking about how, you know, okay, 2021 now is going to be like a busy year, but then, or no, actually he was saying like, it would have been 2020 would be a busy year with the Olympics. And then there's a year with just like nothing on the schedule in a normal quadrennial. Yeah. And then it picks up and then there's like a couple of years worth of stuff, but then there's like the year off after the Olympics. So, you know, the, the most professional of the, the athletes are operating in these like ups and down, like valleys and peaks. Right. Their, right. They're training. Yeah. We could have a great periodization talk here. You're, you're trying to get me off on a tangent, but there's, there's ebbs and flows to life, right? There's phases of life. There's your annual training program, your monthly thing, your weekly thing. Right. So in, in the same vein, I think you need to mix that fun, just like we talked about l- liking and hating workouts. Like you just have to find that mix that's going to be sustainable for you long term, right? Like I don't need a lot of socializing when I'm riding, but it does help. And if I'm not careful, then I like dip too deep and it's not fun anymore, right? So you do have to watch. And some people are very extroverted and they need that like high intensity interval training like at, at the gym and then they need to be out on the group ride and then cycle cross practice and all this stuff so you do need to I'm be exhausted thinking, just hearing that list. yeah it sounds like so socially draining to me like the workouts i would do at home but that's fine um so i think we want to think long term and, and with your coach again you want to think like if you're looking at coaching like where is this how does this fit right it might be a short-term thing again with a strength coach for the winter or something. I think that's a great use of coaching. It might be something with a mental skills coach or something, but you want to think like, where is this taking me to longer term, right? So not just Leadville this year, right? Like you want to think about how you're making yourself move into that, that future vision. Like any good relationship. You want to ask yourself, where is this going? (laughs) Sure. Yeah, I guess. Um, I, it's gonna, that sounds like I'm just like, is that like a typical dude? Like, yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's not always going to be perfect, but right, it'll right. be worth and it. And that was our two notes. So our two notes here to finish off is that it's not all perfect. Like you're, when you're thinking not long-term with the coach, there's going to be days you're probably furious at your coach and that's okay. Hopefully there's days that you're really, really happy though too. Um, and, and in the same thing, like some workouts are just going to be crushing, And then some are going to be so easy and so amazing and you felt like it was the best day ever, right? And I think when we're talking about long-term, we're not stressed about, oh, today didn't do well. It wasn't my personal best. I didn't get a Strava and no one gave me kudos. It's not the one workout. It's not perfect. There is no perfect. It's, It's, again, this sort of dance we're doing where we're trying to say, here's some workouts and then you try them. How, where are you now? How are you feeling? How did you perform? And then what is our next best step, right? And that's with any of this coaching stuff, whether it's strength or the sports psych or the dietitian, all we can do is sort of say like, okay, where are we at? Do some of these questions we've talked through today and then move forward, right? And the thing with the coaches that you have, so this person who's sort of helping you, guiding you maybe based on what they can see from an objective outside view and also based maybe on their experience as well. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Well, I think we'll we'll wrap up there, but definitely check uh, head on over to consummateathlete.com where we have a couple articles that relate to this episode. Um, you can also, you know, check out 
uh, coaching with Peter, training plans. You can even just book a call to sort of just chat through any any training goals that you have, or you know what you're what you're kind of thinking about after hearing this. Um, and always, as always, we'd love to hear you know what you think about the podcast. If you have any questions that you'd like us to answer on episodes like this, um, if you have any any people you want to hear interviewed, etc. And again, our contact info is all over at consummateathlete.com. You can find links to all of our social medias. Uh, and if you enjoyed this podcast, please do us a solid and rate and review on iTunes. That would be super, super helpful. And thank you. And we will see you next week. <laughs>